Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 46, and we've learned some brand new magic tricks for you all. Do you have any X sounds, John, that you want to put in here? Any X? No, but I can tell you that I can tell you that number 46 is the jersey number of my favorite motorcyclist, Mr. Valentino Rossi. But you knew that. <laughs> the, the doctor. Is that what they call him? That's what they call him, yeah. Ah. He's, got it, he's got it written on his little Italian bottom. El doctor. And he goes, it's me, the doctor. <laughs> um, 46, also the number of the current president. Oh, Biden is 46. Biden's 46. And we have 46 chromosomes. Wow, you did well. Wow, you did you did some good 46 research. It's, it's, Man. Took a couple of days off work and did a deep dive on the number 46. <laughs> it's because you hired that research assistant. Yeah. Now you've got a DPTM research assistant. You've got a fellow. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> I have a little a little honorary fellow. <laughs> <laughs> Just one second, Al, and you just turn turn off camera and just uh, yeah. listen. I say, you got it wrong again. <laughs> what the devil is this? What type of a fellow are you? <laughs> you were at Oxford. Did you, did they give you fellows? Did you have a fellow oh, when you yeah. went to Oxford? When you fellows. went to, when you did your B when did your B field at Oxford? Yeah, they gave you little fe- everyone got a fellow that would <laughs> that would follow fellow. them around and wipe the crumbs from their mouth. Yeah. I think you're conflating it with the little helper in in Harry Potter. I am. I just got a, a I just got a letter of invitation and an employment contract inviting me to be an honorary senior fellow. Is uh, that true? Yeah, I'm. And I'm, be, wow. I'm going to be teaching at Melbourne Uni oh. this semester, and my title is honorary fellow, which I like. You know, I'm wow. happy to earn peanuts if they give me a fancy title. Yeah. That's how you can introduce yourself with dinner parties for a little while. Mm. I'm a fellow. I'm an honorary fellow. I am the very model of an honorary fellow. So there you go. Shout out to all our all the fellows out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a title that can be bestowed on ladies as well. Yes, you get, that's... You're, called a, you're called a fellow, or a, is it a is it fillet? Fillet, yeah, fillet. Uh, the best a lady can get. <laughs> I don't. That's true. It is an odd title to bestow on a woman, but then I guess so is master uh, and bachelor. I like to sort of oscillate between jobs that have weird nomenclature and require me to wear gowns. That's my place in the world. <laughs> <laughs> do I get a does do you, do, you, do I get a gown? In my introductory fellow pack, yeah. What's in my fellow pack? Well, there's there's a copy of Who Weekly. There's a couple of cans of Pepsi Max, Pepsi Max. And what have today is a today's Friday for you. Today's a Friday, uh, and I've started the podcast a little differently. I hope that um, you won't mind me saying and sharing this with our listeners. I think it's a. I think they'll be excited to get a little look behind the curtain. I thought that it might be interesting just to see if it affected my affect, my demeanour, places where my mind goes 
if I didn't wear any pants. So I haven't got any pants on. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I was going to say I was going to say you seem a little bit, a little bit more low energy. So if that's, <laughs> really? what's it, if that's if that's what it's done, too casual. Get those pants back on. Yeah. No, the low energy is because I bloody got I've got gastrointestinal problems, which we don't need to go into <laughs> in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's why you don't have any pants on. Jacinta said, "I'm not. I'm not doing another load of washing. Get the <laughs> pants off. Put, put a towel down. We can just throw it away at the end." <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I just you can't see, but there's just newspaper all over the floor in here. <laughs> Go and make your podcast in your nest. We'll clean it up afterwards. Yes, Jacinta. I'm just going to go in my pod nest. I'll put a bowl of water out for you and some seed. Just grabbing handfuls of seed off the table. Oh, oh we need to. I haven't cleaned the newspaper in a couple of weeks. No one wants to hear this. Yeah, no, the pants off is unrelated, I'm pleased to say. I just thought it would be in, it would be an uh, interesting experiment to see whether, because I sometimes sort of flirt with the idea of, say, tuning in into a work call or to a court appearance with without pants, but I feel like somehow it would come across, even though it would be invisible. Oh, you mean, on, of course, on Zoom, not on at Zoom. actual court not in, appearance. Not in person, no. Uh, the light, the the Lionel huts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but no, it's it's um, it always seems like somehow I'd know, and well, obviously I'd know, and somehow that would affect my performance, or I'd be too unprofessional or something. Yeah, or if you had uh, if you had one of those proper webcams, you know, some people. Some people upgrade from because typically a laptop comes with a fairly affordable uh, camera built into it, so mm-hmm. you, you're typically not getting the best video quality on your built-in laptop camera. So a lot of people these days in the Zoom age, if they want to really up their Zoom game, you buy uh, external webcam, like mm. people used to have before they were standard mm. in computers. Remember before. Webcams were standard issue in a laptop or often even in certain, I guess, even like desktop computers sometimes. The monitor comes with a camera built into it. I don't know. Yeah. But um, you remember you remember people would pop a little it, little webcam on top of their computer. Yeah. Grip onto the top of the monitor. Mm. I'm imagining that you'd get one of those mm. and then it would just slip midway through <laughs> the cord appearance. And land in my crotch. You might not even notice for the first few minutes that you'd knocked it, and it just started to real pan, real pan down, <laughs> pan, panning. <laughs> it was just right down, recording my bits for several minutes. Man, do you think that'll be the end? I tell you what, I had well, a that guy um, who that guy who masturbated on a Zoom call, that CNN anchor. Yeah, that's right. Masturbated mm. on a Zoom call. He's mm. just back on TV. Yeah, well, he didn't know what he was. He didn't know any better. 
I mean, <laughs> if he'd if he'd been aware that he had an audience, he wouldn't have been back on TV, I presume. Um, but uh, I had a I had a strange sort of innocuous near miss recently where I had plugged my fo- well, I'd put my phone on Bluetooth so that I could play some music through our Bose speaker while we had some guests in the backyard. Bose. And, uh, that, and, and then I went downstairs to use the bathroom and yeah. brought, took my phone with me and then someone had sent me like a funny YouTube clip or something. So I just clicked yeah. on it and then it started playing the sound of the yeah. YouTube clip through these speakers. And I thought, that's interesting. I wonder if this oh. scenario has ever gone like, catastrophically wrong for someone because absolutely has yeah I, I can i mean that must have happened in a variety of ways yeah because i don't know what the stats are but the statistics on people who sample internet pornography is pretty mm. massive mm. so the old you know watching you know like of watching a romantic comedy with the partner and then mm. saying oh, i'm just gonna go to the bathroom now <laughs> Then you think, well, I'm here. And then and you uh, have 5.1 surround sound turned up as loud as it goes with subwoofer. <laughs> and you choose your yeah. favorite adult website. You put in your favorite boobs.org for whatever you, whatever it takes your fancy in that moment. And then suddenly it's just blasting throughout the audio of it. Blasting through the neighborhood with the subwoofer. Mm. Do you have any music that you'd be ashamed for people to know that you listened to? So you could, you might pop, you might, you might put put a song on, mm. and then you didn't realize that the Bluetooth speaker in the other room was was connected to your phone still at the dinner party, and you just wanted to listen to your favorite song for for a minute, and it yeah. came on the Bluetooth speaker. Mm. I mean, I I don't. I've always said I, I have no music shame. Yeah, and uh, I, I just think good good music is good music, and I just don't really care. At this same party, I think I did put on a playlist of mine, and there were some things on there that a lesser person would be embarrassed by, but I really embraced okay. that. You know, like somebody goes, "Why, you know, you've had these kind of cool indie tracks on there, and now." Soldier Boys playing, or now like you've got uh, Rank ch- that soldier. Ch- Cheerleader by who's that guy who did Cheerleader? I love that song. The uh, is it that is is Cheerleader that kind of it's very is it like crisply a reggae? produced, it's sort of a bit reggae ish, yeah. Yeah, I love that song too. Mm. Um, how does it oh, fuck, I haven't heard that song in years. You look like a model, you grab my wishes <laughs> like a genie in a bottle, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, and it's um and the the version that ended up becoming really popular is actually a remix by a young German producer. Mm. Oh, I know that I found myself a cheerleader. You are always around when I need her. Oh, I know that. It's by Omi. Oh, am I? Yeah. And who's the remixer? Oh, I know that I found myself mm. a cheerleader. She is always around. Is it Felix Jan or Jan? Felix Jahane, yeah. Jahane. Turned him into a superstar. Ah. 
This is a funny story. Mm-hmm. When Spotify was exper- – I don't think they do this anymore. When Spotify was experimenting with connecting to social media apps, they had an option where you could connect your Spotify to Facebook and mm-hmm. Facebook would automatically update a certain status that told all your Facebook followers what song you were listening to. So mm-hmm. it would say – and I reckon you used to post jokes on – Facebook, where you just screen cap what it's, and you'd choose things like crazy frog <laughs> Axel F, and and it would and and post mm. it, and it would, and Facebook would say John was listening to crazy frog. Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds like something I'd do. I had a friend. Yeah, I have a friend. They're still alive, and they're still my friend. And I was just playing my favorite songs on yeah. their on their Spotify account. Ah, and unbeknownst to me. They were re. They got really pissed off that mm. I was playing what other people might consider very uncool music that was then being broadcast <laughs> to their Facebook <laughs> followers. They were, and I can tell you, what, I was playing "Blue" by Eiffel sixty five, ah. and they were like, "Stop." Turn that off right now. People can see. They'll think it's me. They'll think it's me. <laughs> it's Turin's greatest. My Facebook cache. Yeah. More, more Italian references. Shout out to Eiffel 60. Man, I'm going to do There's a, trust me, don't praise us. There is a Eiffel 65 blue episode, six part series, Don't Praise a Machine coming real soon. Because mm. I love Eiffel 65 and I love blue. Mm-hmm. I have this strange memory of when I got braces in it oh, when I was a teenager and my orthodontist was having this discussion as he was sticking his hands in my mouth with his dental hygienist about that song, which was very yeah. big at the time, and about what the lyrics were, which he couldn't work out. Yeah. I mean, that became one of the – there was almost like a pre-internet meme was mm. the discussion of what were the Eiffel 65 lyrics. Is it just nonsense? Kids at school. Was it gonna beat up a guy? Yeah. Was it? There were so many. There were so many options that you could choose. Yeah. I believe I will die. I believe I will die. Yeah, and I just didn't want my orthodontist to care about that sort of thing because uh, I just, I just expected more from a medically trained man. But, uh, but I guess he was part of the popular culture like the rest of us. Yeah, what a, he, what a cool, I would have thought, what a cool dentist. <laughs> Blue, he was just had his hands in your mouth, just going, Blue is the colour of all that I wear. <laughs> I have a girlfriend and she is so blue. He's just doing a crooner version for you. <laughs> blue like my Corvette, it's standing outside. Mm, probably did have a Corvette too, because he was an orthodontist. <laughs> <laughs> Now, something I'm going to say. Yeah. Are you ready for me to say something? Yeah. Something I'm going to say is we were talking yesterday about 90s film directors that have continued making films of a certain style mm-hmm. through to today. And we mm-hmm. were comparing Tarantino and Wes Anderson because mm-hmm. they both popped up around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, they both started making films around the same time, maybe Tarantino a little bit earlier, actually. But 
I was saying how for me, like Tarantino's films are, are more consistent. And yeah. I don't really watch Wes Anderson films anymore. But it reminded me of something actually of a story that's one of my favorite stories that I yeah. want to tell. Yeah. Great. Which I, th- I can't remember if this involves you. If you mm-hmm. went to this, did you? Do you? Did we see the Darjeeling Limited together? Or that's very possible. I have no memory of 2007, that. 2007. 2007. Mm, that was before I went to the UK, and just before I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so it's possible. Wes Anderson, 2007. Probably about the last film of his that I really liked. Darjeeling. Limited, mm-hmm. starring Jason Schwartzman, starring Owen Wilson, Adrian Brody, Bill Morantz, Angelica Houston. All the Wes yeah, favorites are in favorites. there. A lot, of, a lot of the Wes favorites. But it, it reminded me that yesterday, the story of when you, when that there's that f- famous Seinfeld episode where George Costanza works out that he can say something in a cinema during a movie that's yeah. quite funny. And then yeah. he goes back to the cinema to to get the to reaction that he wants. It. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, this is so f- I said something really funny in public. I'll get so much I'll get so much approval from the cinema if I go back and say the funny thing. This, ha- this happened that's to me. Gotta I think hurt. it happened to That's gotta hurt. Yeah. And I think it happened with you and Darjeeling Limited. Ah. So if anybody who remembers Darjeeling Limited when the when you'd watch the film uh before the film starts there is a short film by Wes Anderson that goes for 13 minutes called mm. Hotel Chevalier starring Jason mm, Schwartzman and Natalie Portman yeah. all the boys might remember that Natalie Portman is briefly nude yeah. on the side in that film in a hotel room yes i feel that's right that's the only that. thing that i it's the only thing that i remember about it <laughs> but when you would go and you went so so like you and me we paid our 14 bucks yep. we go to the cinema we sit down to watch Darjeeling Limited and it starts, but it starts with the short film, this 13-minute film called Hotel Chevalier. Mm. And the film plays, 13 minutes go past, and then before Darjeeling Limited, this, this film ends and, and it's presented like a short film in that when, uh, after 13 minutes, the credits start rolling before Darjeeling Limited starts. And so we'd been sat down for 13 minutes in the cinema, paid our 14 bucks. The credits start rolling on Hotel Chevalier, yeah, and I just said really loudly, fourteen bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, and the whole cinema, yeah, broke in the laughter. Yeah, they, everybody couldn't believe. They knew that I knew <laughs> that it wasn't the real that the real film was about to come. Everybody yeah. knew. Yeah, that it was. It was so funny that I'd mistaken the short film for the whole film. <laughs> and people put me on their shoulders and there was popcorn flying in the air. It was like going to a screening of the room. People were throwing plastic forks at the screen. Yeah. And Suddenly you had like I, one of those mortarboard hats and you threw it into the air for no reason. <laughs> and I then that summer, I spent all of my money on tickets to Darjeeling Limited, and I would go every go to several screenings a day. Yeah, after I'd left for the UK, you just would go <laughs> by yourself. And I had tried to. I eventually could work out 
what the uh, <laughs> what screenings would have the most people at them. Yeah, and some of the some of the best friends that I have today are um, cinema goers who were at Darjeeling Limited <laughs> who saw me do the joke. And we became friends. <laughs> Most of my friends, except for you, John, yeah. are Darjeeling Limited friends who I met after doing my Psy 14 bucks joke. You're going to lo- you're gonna shed some of them today after they learn that that was just a bit of a rote joke that you were doing three or four times a day for several months. And then much like a stand-up comedian, by the time, uh, by the end of that season of it being screened, my delivery was so tight mm. because I had just I'd done it hundreds of times. Yeah. It was a really tight delivery by the end. And <laughs> I made some really good friends at Greater Union Megaplex Marion. I made some really good friends at Piccadilly Cinema, North Adelaide O'Connell Street. I made some really good friends mm. Hoyt's Nord. I made some <laughs> really good friends. What was another cinema in Adelaide that you would... Palace Nova. <laughs> I did make some very good friends with Palace Nova. <laughs> um, I even mixed it up a bit and I flew to, uh, I just picked, I just I just flew to the Gold Coast to see what the Queensland audiences, if they were this, had the same, they were receptive to it too. They loved it on the Gold Coast. <laughs> that uh, Surprises that me. They're not known for their wit. Um <laughs> Or Barry, this guy, Barry, you got to meet this guy. Buy him a beer. He thought he thought the first the the short thing at the start was the whole film. And he goes, he go, I mean, he didn't really think it. And then he goes, oh, 14 bucks. And mate, get get him another. What's your name again? Get another beer. Go, go, on, mate. I'm sorry to all the my friends and family in Queensland. I'm only joking. I love you. Yeah, that's funny because I didn't remember that. You had come with me until that moment, but that moment is clear in my memory now that you were yeah. the champion of the cinema. And I went to the UK and was hoping that I could go to the Prince Charles Theatre in London and <laughs> do and do that and, and then reinvent myself, appropriate the joke and build my <laughs> reputation on it. But the legend of the legend of Leicester Square, John yeah, Maloney at the exactly. Prince Charles Cinema. Now, do you have something that's as good as that? <laughs> <laughs> you pantsless freak. <laughs> First, you're telling me I'm low energy. <laughs> now, bring, bring the pain. Well, I've been puzzling the last few days over an interesting story. Our, our regular listeners will know that sometimes... I like to go deep. I like to go behind the news, much like the beloved show, Australian show from the 90s. Uh, I like to go behind the headlines, do a deep dive, as I did, for example, with the exhumation of the Summerton Man, mm-hmm. um, as I did, for example, with uh, some Summerton Man-related content. I like to sort of be the kind of uh, do a bit of gumshoe detective work get behind the headlines. And this is a, a story in that vein. I was scrolling through Instagram the other day and I um, follow the BBC. I was scrolling through some stories and it's the usual, it was the usual fare. You know, there's a story about 
the kind of stewing tensions in the Ukraine. There was a story about the Royals. There was a story about Boris Johnson. There was a story about the Winter Olympics, all that stuff that you'd expect a news agency of their stature to be concerned with. And then I came across this story, dog poo on rugby youth's face in the town of, I think it's called Carefully or Carfully. Uh, It's a Welsh town and there are lots of people pronouncing it in different ways. So I'm just picking what made sense to me. And I apologize to anyone who thinks I'm mispronouncing it. No doubt we'll hear from you in due course. But uh, it says, Carefully, dog poo on rugby youth's face. And it was by Nicholas Smith. And straight away, I clicked on it. So I'll just I'll just recreate that now for you. BBC Dog Poo Rugby Youth. And I thought like given that, you know, given that we're not dealing with uh you know the the kind of um stall times here or the Nuriutpa advertiser. This is a major publication with an international <laughs> reach. So there must be something about this story that that get, that you know makes it newsworthy that connects it right in stature to the stories that were also presented so i read it and i'll read i'll, I'll make some editorial choices as i go but i won't i think the parts that i'll read will convey to you fairly the relevant content of the article an 8 year old rugby player was left with dog poo on his face during training <laughs> jake was warming up with his club in carefilly county when his father ben noticed something on his face Ben, who also coaches the team, said it was just lucky the dog mess did not go in Jake's eye. Carefully Council said yes, said last year it would ban dogs from sports pitches, which will be enforced once signage is put up. Uh, and then Ben's got some choice words for dog owners, urging them to be more careful. Um, and it says, it says, for example, importantly specifies that Ben used antibacterial wipes to clean his son's face. And then and then he's just saying dog owners should be more careful. So <laughs> and there's a photo of poor old, poor old Jake side profile of his face um and he's in his rugby uniform and you can just see a little smidge of what I assume is dog poo on his face. Um and he's under it it says that his dad took a closer look because the colour didn't look like the mud on the pitch. And when I smelt it, it was dog poo, he said. Uh, and uh, and so I had a number of questions um, right then. I thought, you know, what's happened here? Does the Does the BBC have minimum Welsh content so that they... <laughs> realized they were yeah right realized they were behind and they needed to <laughs> they needed to urgently augment their welsh news and then why i thought there, why is there a dog poo story and there's just a story about what tom jones had for breakfast <laughs> yeah exactly and then and then i thought how was it that this was contemporaneously documented you know i can only assume it's the father slash coach yeah. who took the photo and he must have taken the photo and then gone, I mean, unless somebody else then contacted the BBC, then gone, okay, now I'm going to contact 
the BBC. Yeah. Which just makes me think, what was his conception of the words newsworthy and news? Uh, <laughs> what was his conception of BBC's function? Uh, I love the idea. I love the idea that probably the Daily Mail said no to it first. Yeah, exactly. And then he's like, I'm going to go right up the chain. I don't care what it takes. <laughs> and so you call the BBC. I don't know how it works. You go through to a switchboard. Uh, they put you There's through. There's a poo line. They put you through alert, poo alert line. They put you through to someone and somehow somewhere along the line, he convinced somebody to come out, interview him about what had happened. They obviously formed the view before or at that time that it was newsworthy. And then I guess, I don't know what criteria BBC have to run a story, but they must have had to run it to their superiors who agreed, yes, we have to tell the story about <laughs> poo on the kid's face. And I just thought, well, it didn't go in his eye. He was fine. It just went on his, like, temple. And it wasn't very much dog poo. I mean, I feel like things more newsworthy than that happened to me, like, most days. <laughs> and... And so I looked up the person who wrote the article, Nicholas Smith, who's the BBC yeah. Wales Today reporter for BBC. And uh, and I uh, reached out to her on Twitter. I had dusted off my Twitter account, which I don't really use uh, very often. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, hi, Nicola. I co-host the podcast Don't Praise the Machine. May I ask you some questions about the recent story of the carefully dog poo-faced boy? And uh, that was that was during the week. Unfortunately, I know it's a it's probably a bit of an anticlimax, but I haven't heard any reply from Nicola. So I'm using this opportunity to double down on my request. If anyone, if she or anyone from the BBC is listening, I just want to ask some of those aforementioned questions about how this came to be. Is there something I'm missing? Like, is there a fixation in the UK with dog shit on sports pitches that makes people <laughs> particularly concerned about this issue? I mean, what's it was one of those things that made me think, like, am I living in a simulation? What's why have they yeah. run this story? It's so odd. Uh, yeah, because there was nothing that I could detect that made it a made it a remarkable event of any kind. <laughs> Imagine showing that to a family that just had their house bombed in Yemen. Mm. I mean, it's like the Saudis had just like used a US purchase rocket to destroy some village yeah. in Yemen. It's not yeah. a mention of it on the BBC page, but and then the some, dog poo rugby boy. Yeah. I mean, so some social justice advocate is on the phone with him going, look, we just think it's important that the world knows about this horrendous conflict, and they go, yeah, 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 I understand, but there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, uh, so we'll we'll fit it in when we can. And then that person goes to the website, and they go, well, for fuck's sake, one of your headline stories on your Instagram feed, Jake gets pooed, not even in his eye, just on his face, <laughs> and he's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm interested to hear from our listeners, particularly perhaps those in the UK who might be able to shed light on. Are there cultural reasons why? There's a lot of tension at the Russia-Ukraine border yet. Oh, yeah, no, but 
pretty low on Welsh content. Is Catherine Zeta Jones doing anything <laughs> today we can get on to? Yeah. No. I appreciate that you went to the effort of uh, reaching out to her on Twitter. I like. Uh, well, yeah, hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll hear something, but I don't. You can send her the episode now. Yeah. Just say, well, you didn't comment, and this is what we were able to surmise in your absence. <laughs> So this Sunday, very early Monday morning, my Berlin time, mm-hmm. going to be Monday, even earlier Monday for you, is the Super Bowl. Ah, you've developed a new love of uh, NFL. And of course, there's going to be all those things about the Super Bowl that we love so dear, mm-hmm. like the commercials I'm looking forward to, mm. all those big budget, massive budget commercials with all the celebrities. They're going to be on. Can't yeah. wait for that. Going to be the half. They're going to be the halftime show. Mm. The, can you know who's the classic you know wardrobe malfunction? <laughs> That's right. There's so many famous moments. Mm. Can you know who's going to be at? Did we discuss this last week? Did I tell you? No. Did I ask you if you could know who would be at the halftime <laughs> show? Learning German's <laughs> fucked up your English diction. Um, uh, I'm going to take a guess. Okay, so who's, good. Who's big right now? Um, and I reckon it's going to be, I think it's going to be Kesha. I think it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kesha. Kesha might have done it. 15 years ago. <laughs> I think it's going to be Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> oh, they're back. Everybody. Well, you're, uh, it's actually going to be some some classics. It's no, isn't, I actually, well, I guess one person is, is current. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're all still more or less active, but they're, one of them, yeah, anyway, it's going to be a whole bunch of rap stars. Uh-huh. It's going to be a rap star. It's going to be the Pepsi rap star. Ladies and gentlemen, the Pepsi rap star Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> That's how it's going to be introed. So and then what? it's going to go. Would you please welcome your rap stars, Eminem, <laughs> Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, and Mary J. Blige. Really? Is it them? Yeah. Wow. It's them. So uh. they're going to pop up and they're going to go... We're the Pepsi rap stars and we're here to say we love the NFL most every single day. When you kick the ball and you score and you score a try, I'm hip, I'm hip, hip, hopping and I don't know why. Boochie cha cha cha, boochie cha cha cha. Mary J. Blige is going to beatbox. She's going to go, ba 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 key, ba 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 key, ba 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 key. A boo, do do cha, a boo, boo cha, a boo. I like the idea that even though Eminem is arguably the greatest MC lyricist wordsmith of all time, they're just going to do a kind of 
early 80s homage mm. and so the cadence is just going to be like <laughs> sugar hill records kind of <laughs> just my name my, my name my name is my name and i'm here to say my name but you behind my name i said baha sha my my job but you behind but you behind my job i said my home job wow that's quite a lineup and I was impressed by people's willingness to, you know, not, I mean, I guess they're all pretty well sort of, they've reached, they've peaked, so they're not too concerned. Kendrick's I guess still, Kendrick's, still Kendrick's the stuff. young, yeah, Kendrick's the one still doing stuff. I mean, they're and, all still, I mean, obviously Snoop, I just looked Snoop up and he's just done a kind of dance pop single this week. Course. With uh, Heidi Klum. That oh. sounds like a joke, but it's not. It's <laughs> wow. Heidi Klum and Snoop Dogg together at last. Far out. We could probably get him to do the wrap up rap for us. Um, we could definitely get Snoop. We could definitely get Snoop on the show. Yeah. Does it does it interest you that I mean? Does it surprise you that they are willing? Particularly a guy who's sort of still, well, maybe you wouldn't say up and coming, still in the kind of peak of his career like Kendrick Lamar. Does it surprise you that he'll go, yeah, Super Bowl, I'll do that, even though it's a kind of, it's a bit like, you know, inimical to having any kind of countercultural coolness? No, I think, I think, I don't think it interferes with your countercultural coolness. I think that it, is a symbol of success. If you get, I mean, mm. all the greats have mm. have done it. To, to be asked, I think, would be such an honour for people. I mean, if you go through the lineup of people that have been asked, I mean, you get some pretty ropey ones in there, like Madonna, for some reason, got LMFAO to join her, which was weird oh, in wow. 2012. Because she definitely I think Maroon Five did it. Yeah, I mean Maroon Five are big enough that they that they would warrant it. I I believe mm. uh, Bruno Mars did it, but then you've got like U two mm. did it. Mm. Uh, Red Hot Chala Puppers did mm. it, and of course, without question, the greatest Super Bowl halftime ever is the two thousand and seven Super Bowl forty one Prince. Mm. halftime show yeah and that is just a few that probably goes for like 13 minutes right and have you seen that no but i've heard about it honky donkey everybody out there open your whatever browser you use maybe it's chrome <laughs> maybe it's safari maybe it's brave yeah maybe it's netscape doesn't matter. They'll all work. www.bing.com and then Go look to www.altavista.com. <laughs> Ask Jeeves. Mm. Ask Jeeves about Prince and Super Bowl 41, Miami Gardens, Florida attendance. There's f- almost f- 75,000 people in the stadium. Mm-hmm. And the stage is modeled like the Prince love symbol. And he's there and he's wearing a beautiful aqua kind of suit with orange shirt underneath mm. and he just instead of all the kind of razzle dazzle <clears throat> lasers and lights and faff yeah that tend to come with those shows like michael jackson's was a lot of that and um 
it's just Prince and he is just tearing it up mm. on the guitar and he's singing, he sounds sensational, he's playing he's playing all along the Watchtower cover. Oh, he's wow. playing Best of You cover by Foo Fighters. Mm. He's playing Proud Mary. He's playing 1999. And he ends with Purple Rain as the rain comes down. He is just filled with a supreme confidence yeah. that is something to behold. Um, yeah. He was at that stage 48 years old. And oh, he'd wow. Been on, he'd, he'd been on stage. He'd been performing for like almost 30 years mm. by this stage. Mm. And you are just seeing the most supremely confident master of his craft mm. in front of 75,000 people who aren't like Prince fans. They're just like football fans. But of yeah. course, they go mad for the Super Bowl show, but still. Yeah. It's not like a little theater that he's commanding. No. And you just cannot get over the what a talent showman. and confidence and yeah. brilliance of this man is just astounding. And it is... It's amazing to see. Yeah. Prince, Super Bowl 41, mm, Miami, go. Florida. Put yeah. it into Netscape right now. <laughs> Get your friends and gather your friends and family around the PC mm. and put into Netscape. I think it only works on Netscape, this. Put into Netscape <laughs> Prince, Super Bowl. Yeah, I must admit and that mate, when you, you do yourself a favor, you showed me the um, Prince clip of him performing at George Harrison's memorial and uh, oh yeah my dad's favorite wow. my dad's favorite clip on YouTube <laughs> yeah yeah I can see why uh, yeah my dad's two favorite clips on YouTube shout out to Stephen is Prince Sound Check Japan mm-hmm. which is a video from I think like really early 90s Prince tour mm. and somebody just happens to be filming while he's sound checking at a stadium uh, I think it's in Tokyo. Right. And he's, he's just, you know, he's like a multi-interest man. So in this case, he's just on the piano. Yeah. And he's just sound checking, but you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> so my father loves that. So my father is often, my father says two things mainly into the smart TV remote control. He says, Prince Japan sound check. And that comes up. And the other one he does is he goes, Prince George Harrison Memorial. <laughs> but yeah, I sent you the Prince Harrison the I sent you the Prince George Harrison Memorial video. Mm, yeah. And he just kind of I mean, he obviously plays very well, but he's got this real elegance and kind of style in the way that he and the attitude in the way that he p- plays, like in the way that he actually plays the guitar. And then he just kind of s- stops at some point and or I don't think he even does stop playing, but he just kind of casually sort of launches himself and has a bit of a crowd surf and then comes back up, yeah. keeps pressing on. <laughs> and and the rest of the, you know, like George Harrison's son is there just kind of losing his yeah. shit. And, uh, With his massive grin on his face. Yeah, yeah, his, yeah. like mouth agape. Yeah. But, uh, but just the level of kind of virtuosity, I guess is the word, is, yeah. is astounding. Yeah. Uh, and in that case, of course, he's not singing. It's just mm. him on yeah. the guitar playing. Um, while my guitar gently weeps. Yeah. Over while my guitar gently weeps. And Tom Petty uh, is up there as well. Mm. And they're just kind of playing uh, the sort of looping phrases while mm. he just like tears it up on the guitar. Which, and... which brings me, of course, to um, Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. Uh, the, probably the... <laughs> probably the <laughs> Probably one of the great performances in music. And Before that, we didn't know what the phrase wardrobe malfunction meant. No, that's true. 
did you, can can you believe what if I told you that there was a Super Bowl halftime show in the early noughties and the people that made the halftime show said, you know who'll go really well together? Aerosmith and NSYNC. <laughs> and then you got Aerosync. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this week's episode of Don't Don't Praise the Machine. It's been episode 46. We can't wait to see you next week as we approach a milestone. 52 episodes of Don't Praise the Machine, a full year of weekly blogs. I'm John Maloney, and I've appeared, as always, with my beloved pod brother, Alexander Holland. We'll see you next week at the podcast.